0: All right, good evening, brothers and sisters. As we're reminded, one of the blessings of the Lord Day is we get to be reminded that we don't live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Uh, Let me actually open with a brief word of prayer before we open into Proverbs chapter two. Dear Father, we thank you for the opportunity you've given us, the able-bodiedness to be here together today. Lord, I thank you for the privilege it is to be able to hear these burdens and to hear your these blessings. Lord, I pray that you allow us to be disciplined in praying for each other and praying for your mission and for the will that you are accomplishing, Lord, throughout this week. And Lord, we thank you for you giving us your word and giving us wisdom tonight. Lord, as Brian played, keep us on the melodic line today and we be encouraged this evening for the week of work and ministry ahead. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. So keeping in the theme of wisdom from this morning, tonight's passage in Proverbs also has to do with wisdom. Now, I can relate to wanting wisdom, but we can also probably relate to looking around maybe at somebody else or some other situation and going, this person really needs some wisdom. I don't know if anybody here enjoys looking at houses. Zillow gives you the opportunity to kind of look in people's bedrooms and bathrooms that you otherwise wouldn't. But uh, I don't, I can't imagine back in the 60s why yellow canary tile or North Carolina baby blue tile was ever in vogue in a bathroom or a kitchen. You may think that interior designer really needed some wisdom. Just last night we had the privilege of having my sister-in-law over for dinner and uh, it's always good to connect with her. The focus of our conversation over our meal happened to be on her going through this brewing drama between her friend group over at college. And it's a delight to listen to offer input, but there are definitely times, thankful for my wife catching me to make sure I didn't have a glance going, man, these emerging young adults really need some wisdom. (laughs) But the reality is, is that we all need wisdom, and that is much of what the book of Proverbs, especially Proverbs 1 through 9, is focusing on, is it's a repeated exhortation that we would grasp a hold of, that we would take, ingest, and we would have wisdom. So today's passage comes from Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. This is on page 555 if you're on the BBC Black CSB Bible. Let me go ahead and read the word of the Lord. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commandments within you, listening closely to wisdom and directing your heart to understanding, furthermore, if you call out to insight and lift your voice to understanding, If you seek it like silver and search for it like hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. In these five verses, the main point or the main argument that the author is making is that we are to internalize wisdom And that by doing that, we will understand God and grow in fearing him. Another way to say it is to internalize wisdom, that if we purposefully pursue wisdom, we will know God and how to fear him. The first structure of our passage is kind of in this if-then sort of format. My son, if... And we see kind of three categories of things that are instructed. And after this, in verse 5, we see the then, the conclusion, which is then we will grow in understanding the Lord and what it means to fear him. So... What does it mean to internalize wisdom? Well, we remember this morning that internalizing wisdom does not just mean memorizing facts. It doesn't mean becoming the Bible trivia person. It doesn't mean even getting deep, deep, rich theology that we know and understand. We were reminded that wisdom is truth that is applied. Yet still, wisdom begins with the acquiring and the internalizing of wisdom. And in verses 1 through 4, we see this kind of progressive picture, a very practical picture of what it looks like to go about a daily life of a wise person attaining wisdom. So the first is this, in verses 1 through 2, we see that we are to attune ourselves to acquire wisdom. Look at some of the verbs that we have here. It focuses on having a heart that is accepting, receptive to the word of God, or a heart that is storing up, that is seeking to retain, to fill out the memory in the database with the commandments of God. We also see this picture of listening closely for wisdom and directing one's heart. There's this kind of Leaning in or leaning towards wisdom in the posture of the heart of this person. Just like our stomach cannot do its job, of taking food and metabolizing it into energy and fuel for the activities of the day. So our soul is running on empty if we are not in a posture seeking to take in the necessary input for the fuel of spiritual walk and obedience. We need God's word to be able to do that. I think of a picture also... Sorry for the engineers here. I'm, I'm not an engineer, but I think of like NASA and like big satellite dishes that can twist and pivot and then pointing and orienting themselves in the direction to get the most clear stream of data from the satellites. A wise person, the process of seeking wisdom looks like orienting and shaping the focus of our senses and of our hearts to receive God's word and to prioritize that. Perhaps one more picture might be that of a musician listening in closely, pushing out other distractions so that their ear can take in the nuanced harmony of the composition. We are to first attune ourselves to acquire God's wisdom. Secondly, we are to deliberately pray for wisdom. This is really a repetition of what we remembered here this morning. What's going on here? This crying out for, in, or sorry, calling out for insight, lifting up one's voice for understanding. This is the language of prayer. That's what's going on in verse three. Wisdom does not come, as we talked about earlier, just simply by aging. It's not like the cells in our body or our soul just kind of ripens on the vine and gets more and more wise. No. The default position is we lack wisdom or only have what we have, and we don't get more unless we ask the one who is wisdom for it. Now, one corollary to the warning this morning, if you remember, PJ talked about saying, Hey, sometimes we know that God is in all control of things, so maybe we don't always ask and pray for his will to take place. Well, likewise, I think of the metaphor of having a dependable cell phone, or perhaps if you're in the military, an intercom on your pack that you know always gets you a straight communication back to headquarters. If you know that connection is there, and the headquarters will always answer and give you the air support that you need, sometimes in my life, I don't actually exercise the intercom option of prayer to talking to the Lord. I think maybe some of you have Parents or grandparents who maybe have what they call like the, the dust bowl or a great depression mindset where even used Ziploc bags might get washed and rinsed and reused. I'm not saying we all need to wash and reuse our Ziploc bags, but it's fine if you do. But here's the idea that when somebody has grown up not knowing when you'll have your next Ziploc bag, you grasp and you take and you utilize what you have. We might kind of become numb or dull in realizing that yes, we know intellectually that God is there, that God commands us to pray and to ask for wisdom, yet I don't ask because I actually don't really have a fair appraisal of my own heart and my own circumstances. The reality is we all desperately need wisdom now, but yet because of that blindness, we don't actually reach out and call out for insight. But we know that if we do, our call for wisdom will be heard. And then third, we are to purposefully pursue wisdom. We see this in verse 4. If you seek it like silver and search for it like hidden treasure, the it here is again the word of God and the wisdom of God. The search for treasure animates us. We see this in any great action novel or even any film. It's just true of nature. Any swashbuckling adventure follows the story of characters who have their eyes set with crosshairs on some kind of precious treasure, some kind of outcome. And with that in the crosshairs, they're motivated to go through extreme risks, risk their own life because they're seeking and searching for treasure. Psalm 119 tells us this, that God's words are more desirable than gold. Yes, than fine gold. They are sweeter than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. To internalize wisdom means that our lives are in daily motion seeking to get more of it. So in the language of Psalm 19, of knowing that God's word is like sweet drippings of a honeycomb, a question to ask ourselves that I must ask myself is this, how addictive is my sweet tooth for scripture? This past week, how many things have I craved and have I given myself to be preoccupied with that was ahead of the word of God? Now, I referenced my propensity to look through unrehabbed 1950s and 60s homes in Southeast LA County. For years of my life, I had a very unhealthy addiction with that blue and white square that many of us may have on our phones called Zillow. In fact, I spent probably hundreds of hours looking at properties, wanting to understand better. This was especially after the big Great Recession took place and it seemed like prices were just fantastic. Yet, it wasn't just Zillow. It was Redfin, Property Radar, LoopNet, OC Title, and Escrow, Rent-A-Meter, all these tools to help understand a market. And these are great tools, but I would come home And instead of investing time and energy in knowing what my soul really needs, seeking the word and getting more wisdom, I would prioritize getting that kind of soul sugar tooth quick hit of energy and preoccupation coming from satisfying my interest in these topics instead. Every moment we turn off the discernment scanner of our attention span. We are practicing, not only only are we not in that moment getting wisdom, but we're actually cultivating and repeating a practice, getting our souls in a rut, that we are going to tune ourselves to this thing that is occupying our souls. While we're leaving aside the hot and always fresh feast of God's word that he has for us. So lastly, this brings us to the conclusion of verse 5. What happens if we internalize wisdom? If we internalize wisdom, then we will understand how to fear the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. Wisdom informs us of the knowledge of God. And when we know who God is, we also then learn how to rightly relate or respond to him. PJ covered a definition of the fear of God from earlier this morning, I like to add to it. I'm thankful for Brother John Lee for introducing me several months ago to the book, um, Rejoice and Tremble by Michael Reeves. In it, he looks into this theme of the fear of God and he says, you know, if you look at the Hebrew word, Yirah, like many Hebrew words, it's a very physical word. It's kind of broad in its meaning, but many times it comes up in scripture. There's the idea that the, that fear, whether talking about the fear of God, or fear of an army, it has this connotation of trembling. And trembling can be something that we respond to to something bad. You know, if you are, I'll go to the military analogy again, hiding behind a pillar with explosions and bullets coming by and you know you need to turn and run into the oncoming danger, your knees will tremble because of that threat. Yet at the same time, your knees can knock together uncontrollably for very good reasons. I couldn't see exactly what was going on in Daniel's pants yesterday, but a wedding is a great picture of that opportunity. Our knees can knock together when the husband sees the bride coming down the aisle. Trembling, not because this is something terrible, but because this is a picture of another father and mother's daughter the responsibility of shepherding them getting more and more real with each step that she takes down the aisle. Trembling takes place knowing the undeserved trust that this person will place in a husband whose leadership will be incomplete and who will fail. Rightly. This passage shows us how rightly relating to the situation or the relationship at hand can cause a healthy and appropriate response of trembling. And if we remember, what, or rather who, is the true wisdom? Christ. Jesus is our true wisdom. So if you want to know what it looks like to respond and relate to God through fear and trembling in the good way he's designed us to, we can conclude our time today by looking at Jesus. You know, in the passage we read in our um, our Old Testament reading today in Isaiah 11, we see it, this picture talking about the coming Messiah, the shoot that will grow from the stump of Jesse, who we know to be Jesus. And it says this, the spirit of the Lord will rest upon him, a spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. His delight, that is the Messiah's delight, Jesus's delight, will be in the fear of the Lord. Who better and more completely understands God than the Spirit and the Son? And what did Jesus do during his earthly ministry to show us how to fear to God? How to delight in fearing the Lord? Two quick things I'll offer, because we have four Gospels to give us a full picture of it. But one, we see, and this is again a repetition from this morning, that right fear of God will produce obedience to God. As PJ read from Psalm 119, I understand more than the aged. Why? Because I keep your precepts proper wisdom and the fear that flows from it has to do with keeping God's word obedience to the father's instruction John 6:38 Jesus says my food is to do the will of him who sent me even when pressured and pushed by others even the disciples Jesus was obedient to the father's instruction and then secondly when we look to Jesus, we rightly remember what it means to tremble when we look at his return. Revelation chapter 19 gives us a picture of what to look forward to when Jesus comes. Then I saw heaven opened, and there was a white horse. Its rider is called Faithful and True, with justice he judges and makes war. His eyes were a fiery flame, and many crowns were on his head. He wore a robe dripped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. A sharp sword came out of his mouth so that he might strike the nations with it. He will rule them with a rod of iron. He will also trample the winepress of the fierce anger of God, the Almighty. God has kept every promise, and he will keep this promise. If you are not a Christian here tonight, it's important for you to know what does it mean to become a Christian. Every Christian knows what it means to tremble and have a right relationship with the fear of the Lord. The Christian trembles first for one reason. We understand that when Jesus comes in this picture, the sword of proper good judgment is pointed. At them. Every one of us is a sinner, deserving the righteous, just punishment from a good judge. The wrath of God will be poured out on wickedness, and we are all born in sin and are wicked. But a a Christian trembles for a second reason, and that he also knows that the reason this ruling Messiah's robe is dripped in blood is because he himself. Was crucified on Calvary. Paying that punishment of God's wrath that I deserve, that everyone who follows him and acknowledges him as king and savior deserves, and that Jesus bore that upon himself. That picture of mercy and grace is a beautiful one that leads us to tremble. So, as we recap, We all need wisdom, both for small decisions and major decisions in life. We need to remember that as we go throughout our week, let's help one another in internalizing wisdom to attune our hearts to his word, remind ourselves to pray that we would receive more wisdom, that we are to actively search to seek to be animated and in action to get more wisdom from his word. And that lastly, we know that wisdom has its faithful fruit in us. if It cultivates the right fear of God. And may we look at Jesus' life of fruitfulness, for he knew how to relate to his Father. All right. Let's pray. Dear Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that even though we are likely low on energy here at the end of the day, Lord, I pray the sweetness of our fellowship is made ever sweeter, Lord, by reflecting upon how we can encourage one another to attune ourselves to your word, to increase our appetite for it, that we can reflect upon your goodness throughout your people in history and even in our own lives, May remembering your own testimony in our lives, Lord, and how you have been faithful and you have given us wisdom when we asked for it. Lord, may that give us the confidence to ask you fresh again for this week ahead. Jesus, we love you. We pray these things in your name. Amen.